0: Proverbs 20, verses 2 and 3. I will tell you the area we are looking at this morning shortly. Who is reading that for us, please?
1: I'll read, sir. Okay. Proverbs 20, verse 2 and 3.
0: Yes, please.
1: The wrath of a king is like the roaring of a lion. Whoever provokes him to anger sins against his own life. Okay. It is honorable for a man to stop striving, since any fool can start a quarrel. Ha ha, I like
0: that. That verse 3 is very important to me. It is honorable for a man, for a woman, to stop striving, to stop fighting, to stop quarreling. Because any fool can cause a quarrel. Does that strike you? (laughs) Any fool can start a quarrel. Is it not true? It doesn't take great IQ or intelligence to start a fight, does it? No. But what is honorable for a man is to stop quarreling, is to stop striving. But to kickstart a fight, a quarrel,
2: any fool can do it. That's the scripture. It's not my word.
0: So when, you know, some people glory in the fact that me, I don't take nice and so I can start a trouble here. And yes, we know who you are. We may not call you necessarily that name, but the scripture tells us who you are.
2: Any fool can start a quarrel. But it takes wise men, honorable men, to stop striving. And every
0: king must behave honorably. And that's why there are things that befit a king. There are attributes and attitudes that don't befit a king. May the Lord give us understanding of this truth this morning in Jesus' name.
2: Mm Amen.
0: When God calls you a king, don't make yourself a fool.
2: By glorying in in starting a quarrel.
0: Now, let's go back to verse two. That verse two is important, not because I actually had it in mind, it becomes relevant. Actually, it wasn't a scripture I had in mind, but as I just looked, it became relevant to where we are moving to this morning. Can somebody then read that verse two for me again, possibly from another translation? Quickly, I want us to save time because what we want to discuss is really important and may take us a little time.
1: The king's fury is like a lion's roar. To rouse his anger is to risk your life. OK. The king's wrath
0: is like a roaring of a lion. And anyone who decides to provoke the king to anger actually makes himself very unfortunate.
2: Hallelujah. I want us to keep that at the back of our mind. Whoever decides to provoke the king to anger runs his own soul. Puts himself in jeopardy.
0: Because the king, no matter how gentle a king is, the wrath of a king can have enormous impact on the one who deliberately provokes the king to anger. And the scripture tells us something. In that same Proverbs 20, and I want us to go to verse 8 now, this one I have in my mind, in my, in my agenda for this morning, verse 8. Then we move to, from verse 8, and we go to verse uh, 26, verse 8. Just note that verse 2. Let's go to verse 8 and then verse 26. And I'll tell you what we'll be doing this morning as part of our role as kings. Yes?
3: When a king sits in judgment, he, he weighs all the evidence, distinguishing the bad from the good.
0: Okay, I like that. When a king sits in judgment, he weighs all the evidence, distinguishing the bad from the good. He decides what is right and from what is wrong. When he sits in judgment, he has to quickly make to design the good from the evil. Another translation of that verse just to pick something else that that translation didn't say, but that translation has given us a great deal of what we want to deal with this morning. A king who sits on the
1: throne of judgment scatters all evil
0: with his eyes. Yes. So a king, after discerning, both good and evil, he scatters it with his, his scatters evil. It disperses evil with his eyes,
2: with his look. Which means
0: there comes a time when the king can no longer tolerate evil from prevailing in the territory.
2: Hallelujah.
0: Just be following this gradually. Now verse 26 of that same Proverbs 20. The king, when he sits in judgment, the first thing he needs to do is to be signed good from evil, is to be able to swift, to sift rather, sift good from evil, and then it scatters evil from his side. Hallelujah, because it's one of the king's rule, and I'll tell you why that is important shortly. Yes, verse 26.
3: Mm. A wise king scatters the wicked like wheat, then runs his threshing wheel over them.
0: Yes, a wise king, a wise king sift out the wicked, like a wheat, like when you, you remove grain from chaff, you know, from chaff.
1: then
0: he said, then he brings the thrashing wheel over them. May God help us to understand this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. That
0: means a king does not just discern what is evil and what is good. A king comes to a position A wise king, a wise king, a wise-hearted king must also know how to punish. The will there is talk about will of justice, will of judgment. Must also know
2: how to deal. How to deal. How to deal with
0: evil. How to deal with wickedness. Every king must know how to deal with wickedness. And if we are kings, we must know how to discern one between good and evil and know how to scatter evil. We must know how to, in a, how to judge wickedness. It's part of our role as kings. And we will be, what we'll be discussing this morning is judging and punishing Judging from verse 8, punishing in verse 26 of that Proverbs 20, rebellion and wickedness. It's our role to judge and to punish rebellion and wickedness. Are you getting the point I'm making this morning? So it is the role of the king, and every king must know it. Every king with a godly authority must know it, that there is a time to punish rebellion, to judge it, punish it, and to deal with wickedness. The simple reason is this, and we must know that very carefully. And that's why I was telling us you see, the rush to always you know, utter curses and judge and, you know, provoke this thing. Oh, they, they've done this against me. Bam, you curse them. You, they've done it, they curse them. Is mm, I don't think it shows a great deal of understanding of where
2: God has placed us. But there comes a time, he says, whosoever provokes the anger, the wrath of the king, has himself to blame
0: why does a king need to do that why does a king need to judge and punish rebellion and wickedness why let's take it let's let's see it Isaiah let's go to the book of Isaiah very quickly the book of Isaiah in the book of Isaiah verse 26 Isaiah 26, why does a king, so we've looked at, our, we are looking at our role as kings, and we are saying a wise king must know how to judge and how to punish, rebellion and wickedness. Why is that necessary? That's the next thing we are looking at. In, verse, in chapter 26 of Isaiah, starting from verse 10, 10 to 12, we do. Verses 10 to 12 will be good for somebody to read for me. Verses 10 to 12, Isaiah 26, verses 10 to 12. It will be good for someone to open it and read it, and we'll look at why this is very important.
1: Your kindness to the wicked does not make them
0: do good. Your kindness to the wicked does not necessarily make them do good. Although others do right, the wicked keep doing wrong. Although others do right, the wicked deliberately, purposefully, determinedly continues to do evil things. Yes? And take no notice of
1: the Lord's
0: majesty. It doesn't respect the Lord's majesty, doesn't harm the, the, the majesty of God, doesn't honor God in his heart. That's the person you call the wicked. The person, even when there is nothing, there nothing is provoking them to do anything. They just want to continue persistently to do wickedness.
2: And they ignore the
0: majesty, the authority of God. They close their eyes to it. The Bible, some mind translation says, they will not behold it. Not because they cannot see, they close their own eyes and heart to it.
2: There are people like that.
0: Go on.
1: Oh, Lord, they pay no attention to your upraised fist. Show them your eagerness to defend your people. Yes. Then they will be ashamed. Let your fire consume your enemies.
0: Yeah, can you see that now? Aha. This is where we are talking about. So, somebody has aroused the wrath of a king now. Are you following me? The wrath of a king has been provoked. Something has
2: happened. And when we talk about wickedness, hmm, you need to know what it is. It's a deliberate, purposeful, determined act of evil. From which all entreaties, no matter how good, the people are treated, they will still not change their mind. That's wickedness. Rebellion is deliberate opposition to the authority of God. Deliberate, persistent, unrepentant opposition to the purpose, the cancer, the ordinance of God.
0: But look at, look at it. Why they have to be judged? So now we are seeing the need for judgment. The need to deal with it. Because if you don't deal with it, there's something that we can't have. So today's message is linked to last week's message. Now read verse, gone. 12. Yes,
1: Lord, you will grant us
0: peace. Yes,
1: and and you grant us peace. All we have accomplished is really
0: from you. Okay, you will grant us peace, O Lord, for all our works are from you. We cannot have peace where we don't know how to deal with deliberate acts of rebellion and wickedness, which means against all entreaties, against all plea, we must know as people when that moment comes, that judgment has to
2: take effect.
0: But many times we don't know when. We are too eager to always curse, to always provoke one, to always pronounce one thing or the other, and so we miss
2: it. We miss
0: it. Not because God doesn't want the, ju- the wicked to be judged at some point, but we miss it because we cannot even discern the mind of God. We carry our
2: our our unbelieving, carnal, vengeance attitude into the kingdom of God. That's not that's not the true nature of a king. A king is temperate. A king is temperate. He self-control. He's self-controlled. Is matured in his dealings. He has to design first. But don't take the gentleness, the meekness of a king as weakness. Because if you provoke anger and it gets to that point, just the way God himself does, you will only have yourself to blame. Are you getting the point this morning? So the king yeah. has authority to deal with stuff, but not out of immaturity. That counts for nothing.
0: Did we get that pass- that passage clear? Let me read my translation. My translation "Let grace." Be shown to the wicked, yet still, it will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, where everything is going on well, it will deal unjustly. It will still do its evil.
2: No matter what you do, there are people like that. And God will also not hesitate to uproot them. Amen. Wherever they may be found. And so people don't even learn. Come with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 8.
0: Um, sorry. I hope I'm right. Okay, yes, I'm right. Can somebody read for me? From verse 10. Ecclesiastes 8, verse 10. Somebody to read it for me. The, um, we are just just looking at reason why a king has to punish wickedness and rebellion. It's the same thing why Our law enforcement agents are put in place. The same thing, why they are put in place. Because if you can't deal with the rebellion, then you lose control of your your country. The same thing spiritually. Read it.
1: Then too, I saw the wicked buried, those who used to come and go from the only place and receive praise in the city where they did this. This too is meaningless. When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with shame to do wrong. At all, a wicked person person who commits a hundred crimes may live a long time. I know that it will go better with those who fear God, who are reverent before him.
0: Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah. So, Amen.
0: because the sentence against evil is not quickly executed, he said the heart of men just grows stronger in their evil doing. Okay. So, there are times when that needs to be checked so that people can learn righteousness. And the opening verse of Esther says, I've seen the wicked who used to hold sway here and there, here and there, they were buried and forgotten. So there are times, and there are times, when it comes to that point, when it is not
2: a plea for grace and mercy, but
0: definite pronunciation of judgment that certain situation needs. It takes the mature to do it. I'll come to that later. It takes those who can discern, like that translation told me what read, who can discern between evil and good to be able to do that. And that takes maturity. Those who can discern even the mind of God.
2: And that's why many of our prayers, they don't, they don't, make, they don't carry so much weight because we operate out of immaturity. There are certain things that cannot be condoned.
0: And when it gets to that peak, God says, it's all right. And we must be able to recognize that also. You remember
2: Moses, the great intercessor? You remember that
0: Moses literally interceded for the preservation of Israel in the wilderness. But when it came to the rebellion of Korah and Abira, I hope you knew what he did. <laughs> he said, if this man would die natural death, he said, God has not called me. because he has had God. He knew that has to be dealt with.
2: Even when Moses did not want
0: to act in the rebellion of Aaron and Miriam, I hope you know he didn't want to do anything, but God himself said, no, 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 I have to deal with this one, otherwise people will not learn. So Miriam was struck with leprosy, had to be outside the tent. That's the wrath of a king provoked. Yes, Bible said Moses was the meekest of men on the earth. Are we getting this point we are making? Yeah. There are times when things get there. But it is not everyday matter that we do today. That's the point. Mm-hmm.
2: you getting the point I'm making? The church is a place of great authority. And
0: that authority goes this way, that way. That authority can bless, but that authority can also punish we can learn that from earthly authority, as we can see in Romans chapter 10. Somebody to go there for me. We're just trying to explore this, that there comes a time when rebellion has to be judged. You can, there's a level of rebellion that has to be dealt with. Or wickedness that God can no longer tolerate. When the wickedness of Pharaoh reached the peak, God said it has to be dealt with now. He has to pay for it. Let my people go that they may serve me. But he hardened his own heart and God helped him to remain hardened until the judgment struck. Amen. There are things, many, many things people do that God just say, just ignore. Just ignore. But it doesn't necessarily mean weakness. Just take your mind off it and continue. But there are also, people get to certain points and say, oh, no, you shouldn't have done that. You crossed the line. Even God himself will say it, say he has crossed the line. She has crossed that line,
2: unfortunately. And the church must be able to discern that. There are people we need to pray for desperately
0: in our heart. Pray for them desperately because God really wants their repentance. Does not want sinners to perish in their sins. We must understand that. That's why we cannot be careless with our authority for judgment. It shows that we didn't know who we are. And that's what Jesus was telling James and John. He said, look, They said, let us call fire and destroy Samaria. You know, the people of Samaria, Jesus said, no, you don't know the manner of spirit that you have. He wasn't necessarily saying that the spirit they have cannot pronounce judgment. They were simply telling them, you don't know how much the spirit you have can tolerate. How much? He said, the son of man has not come to destroy the lives of men, but to save it.
2: But it's, it's yet the king that will
0: also judge. I'll come to him shortly. The reality is that, you know, it is not out of, you know, uh, our fretfulness and fury and desperate, this thing for vengeance, vengeance, vengeance. It's out of maturity, out of They Design the mind of God. Design the heart of God. Know when it is, when something has to be done that others may learn
2: righteousness.
0: May God help us to get to this level in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. And that's why our kingly role and our priestly role has to be discussed side by side, so that we know it.
2: If all the people we thought are witches and wizards against us are to die, we will have no family left. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, what? Where did, we, where did I say we should turn to? Romans chapter 13. Yes. In Romans chapter 13, this is actually talking about earthly authority, but there's something we can learn because our spiritual authority supersedes even this one. But yet, there's a way God wants us to deal with that. Because to us, any government that we don't like, if it is not if they don't belong to our political party, there is something in us that says, don't let them be obeyed. Let them be disobeyed. No, you can't do that. The matter
2: we are dealing with as a church is not political.
0: As believers, we are not a political animal. We are spiritual people. First, before before we participate in politics, we must know who we are. We are kings spiritually. And so we cannot afford to take political positions. If they are not right, they are not right. But we can't then say, because it's not my political party, anything can go wrong, people can disobey, people can, no, 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 it cannot be. Romans, chapter 13. These are principles for living the Christian life that God has been teaching us all along. If we want to live a consistent, honorable, respectable, glorious Christian life or that, these principles have to govern, govern out what we do and how we deal.
2: Romans chapter 13. Let's let start. everyone... Yes, go on.
4: Let everyone, every person be loyal, subjected to the governing, governing civil authority. Yes. For there is no authority except from God. Permissions. His actions and those that exist do so by God's appointment. Go on. Therefore, he who resists and set himself up against the authority resists what God has appointed and arranged. And those who resist will bring down judgment upon him themselves.
0: Stop there. You will continue just now. You will continue just now. Stop there first. Can you see that? Resistance even to earthly authority provokes judgment because there are times when what God has commanded is obedience, is submission. So sometimes what we call persecution are not persecution per se. They are our inability to follow the scriptures in submission to authority. Mm. I'm praying that God will help us to discern between the two in Jesus' name. Amen. Because submission to even earthly authority, not to talk about spiritual authority, carries judgment in itself. So sometimes, oh, we are persecuted, we are persecuted. No, it could actually be that we are also violating the scriptures and no matter how much we pray to get rid of the of the force of the of the of the political powers that be at that time it will not work
2: because we ourselves we have been found in disobedience let's go home
4: yes um for the civil authority are not are not a terror to good conduct, but to those bad behavior. Could you have no dread of him who is in authority? And then do what is right, and you will receive his approval and commendation, Commendation. commendation. For he is God's servant. For your good, but if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear or wear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant to execute his wrath on the wrong towards.:
0: Can you see that? So that's talking about earthly authority, but just picture that with spiritual authority that the church has, which overrides if you continue to provoke, to go against God's authority vested on his kings, now we are looking at ourselves as spiritual authority over lands, over places, then there comes a time. He like said they don't bear the authority in vain. They are ordained to bless the good, to reward the good, but there's also an element to authority, an elemental authority, divine authority that actually carries judgment as part of it. Whenever you mention authority or dominion, just know that there are certain things also. It is not just about the blessing, there's also the other
2: side of it, which is judgment. But only the mature, those who are mature, can use it. Those who are mature can use it.
0: May God bring us to that level of authority and maturity in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. I keep telling us, I'm giving examples of some men who I have seen in the place of prayer, not just reading from the Bible time, who have made pronouncements and no, nothing will stop it. Nothing. Do anything you like. Let the whole world gather. They can't overturn it because it has been designed that that was necessary.
2: Hallelujah.
0: We carry enormous authority. Enormous authority. That if I begin to talk about the authority of the believer and the authority of the church, it will you the authority that we carry. But we can't execute them. We can't use them because there is still something wrong with our approach and our attitude. We have not come to maturity. And it is important that spiritual authority in in this area, they only respond to our spirituality, to our maturity. Look at what the scripture says, maybe so that I don't leave that area before I come back to something later. Look at what the scripture says in First Corinthians chapter 2. So now we are going to the next thing. We have seen why iniquity has to be punished, but what do we require? We require maturity. So the next the third point I'm taking is there. even in exercising our authority to judge, to punish. Rebellion and wickedness, we need to be spiritual about it. We need to be mature about it. So that's the post point. What do we need to be able to exercise this kingly authority? Maturity. We need to be spiritual and not carnal. Our authority don't respond to carnal approach. They only respond to our, to our spirituality, to our maturity. How matured are you to exercise that judgment? You know there are certain, certain cases that the lower courts cannot settle. And it's not every judge that can operate at the higher court level for those who are lawyers,
2: solicitors, and judges amongst us. So let's look at what First Corinthians chapter 2 says. If you go with me
0: to, hmm, okay, maybe somebody should take it for me from verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 13. I'm reading verse 13 just for a reason, but where I'm really going, I'm going to verse 15 and 16. Who wants to read?
3: Um, From verse 13.
0: Yes please my brother.
3: When we tell you these things we do not use words that come from human wisdom instead we speak words given to us by the spirit using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Amen. For people Go. people Go. who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means.
0: Stop stop so, stay there first stay there first you will continue to 15 and 16 later. Can you say that? So Even the things I'm teaching today, I remember two Fridays ago, we couldn't quite grasp what God is saying. I I knew it. But, the reality is, if we can spiritually discern these things, they don't make, they may not appeal to us,
2: but this is the way it works.
0: But if we truly carry a spiritual mind, which is called the mind of Christ, look at verse 15 and 16 and it tells you something. Yes, continue, Tommy.
3: Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others.
0: Okay, that one so, evaluate means judge. If you are reading another translation, it says those who are spiritual judge, they judge all things. They judge. They themselves cannot be judged. They stand but, above and they pronounce it. Hallelujah. They judge all things, but they themselves cannot be judged, which is what evaluates. Judged. Yes, continue.
3: For who can know the Lord's thoughts, who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ.
0: We understand these things because we have the mind of Christ. The reason we can judge, we can stand in the place of judgment and pronounce it, and we ourselves cannot be heard under that same judgment is simply because we operate from the mind of Christ. We know what the mind of Christ is. We have the mind of Christ. For those who must exercise judgment and punishment over rebellion spiritually, there must be people who carry the mind of Christ. And you know, the mind of Christ is meek. For I am meek and lowly in heart. In her. I am meek and lowly. It's not the. It's not the. The the, the, the what do you call it? The rash.
2: the quick-tempered. For the wrath of man, will never walk the righteousness of God. That is the truth. I
0: am praying that we'll be spiritual enough to understand and discern this truth in Jesus' name. It will be for our own good. But look at what chapter 3, Tommy, I want you to go to chapter 3, verse 1. Just verse 1. Maybe on 2.
3: Mm-hmm. dear brothers and sisters when I was with you I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ okay. I had to feed you with milk not with solid food because you weren't ready for anything stronger and okay. you still aren't ready
0: Can you? and you are still not ready so he was talking about some spiritual thing but he had to stop over and say well but I can't even address you as spiritual people you are not at that level of entering into this thing I'm saying. That's what Paul was saying to the people. He said, because you can't grasp it. You are still behaving carnal. You can't understand it. I'm praying that we will understand who we are. Know the enormous grace and authority God has bestowed upon us and use them well, maturely in Jesus' name. This is where God is taking his church. And you begin to see a church that carries enormous power that nations have to fear and respect. Turn with me. So, do we understand this principle I'm making, um, talking about now? Yes. That we need a degree of maturity. We need so. Sp- we need to be spiritual. We need to be mature. We need to be obedient. We need obedience. Ourself, we need to be obedient. We cannot punish disobedience. We cannot punish rebellion when we are disobedient ourselves. Some of us were seeking vengeance. Oh, God, judge my enemy. Ba, ba, ba. But even when we analyze your own behavior, they are not good.
2: Even your own attitude are shameful. How can you judge?
0: We want to jump the gun. We have not learned obedience ourselves. We want to judge rebellion. How does that work?
2: A church of God that cannot deal with sin among themselves want to deal with sin in the world. Come on.
0: Let's take what the scripture says. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Chapter 10. I've read this before. We have talked about this before, but let's take it again. Someone, someone wants to read for me verses 3 to 6. So we are looking at the, this third thing we are looking at is our requirement to be able to exercise this role of judging And punishing rebellion and wickedness. The third thing we need is disobedience. Sorry, it's obedience. It's obedience. Obedience. You cannot punish disobedience when you are not obedient. It doesn't work. You yourself, you are rebellion to you are rebellious to God, and you want to punish rebellion in other people. No, first of all, take away the the log in your own eyes. Then you'll be able to see the speck in other people's eyes. So says the scripture. And Amen. that's why that chap- that passage, uh, Matthew chapter seven. Because some people will quote it for you and say, "Don't judge me." The Bible says, "Judge not." No, 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 no. There are people who can judge, and nobody can judge them.
1: For though we, for though we walk in the flesh, For though we, we walk do. in the flesh? Yes. Go on, my sister. We do not walk according to the flesh. Yes. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Okay. So pulling down. Stop there. Stop there, my sister.
0: Can you see that? So the reason we can't be we can't be carnal and exercise spiritual authority, even enter into spiritual warfare, is because our weapons are not carnal. Carnal people cannot uh, cannot operate spiritual laws. It stop, it doesn't work. The carnal cannot use spiritual weapon. If our if our weapon were carnal, they are the flesh. Who doesn't know how to cock it? Who who cannot learn how to cock a gun? Buy one, know how to cock it, every fool can do that, and then go on rampage. But that's not our weapon of war. Are you getting the point I'm making?
1: Yes,
0: sir. We are not like that. We oppress spiritual weapons that can only work through God. If God doesn't allow them to walk, no matter how many back to sender we do, they will not go back to sender. (laughs) No, you, let's operate spiritual principles. Because they only walk through God. If they, con- if they only walk through us, through our own whims and caprices, it's a different matter entirely. But God has to know what are we doing?
2: Where do we stand ourselves? Before you can pronounce judgment, where do you stand yourself in this matter? You
0: cannot be guilty of the things you are trying to punish. How how will it work?
2: A policeman
0: who himself is criminal in heart, wants to deal with criminal on the street, that you will see chaos, as we are seeing.
2: No. Somebody has to
0: follow the law to the letter, then deal with rebellion. May God give us spiritual understanding in Jesus' name. Go on, Amen. my sister,
1: quickly. For the, we- for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Yes. Casting down, um, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience. And being when ready we, to punish every disobedience, yes? When your disobedience, when
0: your obedience is, is fulfilled. When your own obedience is fulfilled, you will be in a position, you will be in readiness to punish disobedience. Mm-hmm. We can only deal with rebellion when God makes a tick on our obedience, say, yes, deal with it now.
2: May the
0: Lord help us in these matters in Jesus' name. As people of God, we carry enormous authority, enormous authority to judge, to stand in the place of judgment. Every saint of God has it. It is our right, it is our inheritance. When we come together, we do it together. Individually, we can do it in our territory as kings. But it has to be maturely done. Say so That God, that has to be punished. That must not go spot free. Because people will not then learn righteousness. And there are times when that becomes necessary. But sometimes, even when that becomes necessary, God doesn't, God cannot find men to execute it. God cannot find men who will say, who he can entrust to do it. But know that is the right, is the privilege of every king to be able to do it. Psalm one hundred and forty-nine. If I can read more, maybe I may stop there. But if I can read more, I will let it. Even the devil himself cannot stand us. Even the devil himself. Before we go to Psalm one hundred and forty-nine, maybe somebody to just flip back to uh, to Romans chapter sixteen. I read it the last time. But maybe just for context, Romans chapter 16, verses 19 and 20 says, But your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Can you see that? God takes the obedience. And say even Satan himself, not just witches and wizards, even Satan himself will be crushed under your feet. May we be a people who have listened to that level. That even Satan himself, Satan himself cannot contend with our authority. Praise God. That is my desire. I want to grow to such a level. Move on and be able to exercise this thing. I want to bless people as much as possible. I want to do it with all of my heart because that's my first purpose as a king. But where certain things need to be dealt with decisively that the people may learn the fear of God, may we be in a position to be able to do that for him gladly in Jesus' name. I'll show you one example in the New Testament as we close now. But let's go to that Psalm 149 because that seems to be one I just think I can pick. Are we there? Psalm 149 verses five to nine. You will see the honor that God has bestowed upon us as saints, the honor of the saints. Even if I can't take any one
2: more,
0: I think this, this tells us what we are rightly as kings Ordained on the earth to do It's our right, it's our constituted right divinely to do psalm 149 verses 5 verses 5 to 9, if I'm not mistaken. 149 verses 5 to 9. And we may have to close here because of our time. But this is the word of God to us. Yes, and 149.
1: Let these faithful people rejoice in this honor and sing for joy on their beds.
0: Let the people of God rejoice in this honor. What honor it is, is it you will see just now. Let us rejoice in this honor. We have a great honor as the people of God. If we don't want evil, give, we say whatever you bind on that will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on that will be loose in heaven. If we don't want anything to be perpetrated on earth, if we we grow in our maturity, they will not happen. They cannot happen. Hallelujah. Because we have risen to that level. God wants mature believers who will rise in the authority, who will rise to this level of authority. Where we can deal with evil. We can deal with wickedness. And nothing, no power of the enemy will be able to harm us in Jesus' name.
1: Amen.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. A level where we, we cannot, we will not fear the attack of the enemy because we know that we are, we are secure, we are protected, and we are doing what God will have us do. We stand in the territory of the wicked one. And we say you will no longer operate here. And nothing shall by
2: any means hurt us. So says the scriptures. Let's go on in that honor.
1: May the praise of God be in their mouths and the double edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples. Now you see that vengeance on the nation and punishment on peoples
0: is the honor. He said, let the saints of God rejoice in this honor. The church of God has it. The, the bread, the people of God, they have it. A church gathers, we gather in authority and we can deal with things. We liberate, you know, the captive, we free the oppressed, we bless the curse, we reverse age, age old curses, we let, let people lose, but if there are spirits of rebellion
2: that have resisted
0: God and God's authority, there are times when we say, no, you cannot operate here.
1: Yes, go on. Um, to the, carry out the sentence writing against them, this is the glory of all these faithful people. No, you have,
0: have jumped verse 8.
1: Ah, uh, Sorry. To bind their kings with fetters, the fetters their nobles with shackles of iron.
0: You see that? So we bind, we bind kings because we are greater kings. We bind the nobles because we are more noble. Hallelujah! He said, to "Execute on them." Verse nine the written judgment. Again, it is not just what our mouth pronoun, it's not just about just saying some random things. There are things that are already set in the scriptures and I showed us some of them that day. When we were talking the other time, he who rolls a stone will be crushed by it. He who digs a pit will fall into it. That is standard. It's a standard biblical judgment. You don't need anything about it. If you run, If you dig the pit, you go in. If you prepare a gallow like hammer, you will be hanging it. It's a statement. It's a statement of fact.
2: That the, rock, the sword of the wicked
0: will slay them, it's a statement of fact. That the fire of the enemy will burn them, it's a statement of fact. You just need to pronounce it. It's not struggling. But we must decide that moment. We must know what it is that we are pronouncing, that we are pronouncing. The Lord help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, brothers and sisters, I think uh, I wanted to show us one example in the Bible where we can actually see it live. There are many Maybe I should show us that before we close. Acts 13. In Acts, did I say Acts 13? Yes, I'm right, Acts 13. I just want to show you one example there that you may you may just carry away with you today in one minute or in one or two minutes. Let me just see if I can locate that. I think it's Acts 13. Um, in Acts 13, after Paul and Silas had been released to go, they enter into a place, and they were ministering to the, pro, uh, to the proconsul. Uh, yes, Sadiol, <clears throat> okay, to the proconsul, Sadiol Polos. If you go with me to Acts 13, verse 6, and I'll read. Now, when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet. Note who is. A Jews whose name was Bad Jesus, who was with the proconsul, Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elemas the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, that is provoking the anger of the, of, the, of, the, of the king now. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, look intently at him. You can see how the eyes of the king scatters evil. Look intently at him. And what did he say? And said, O fool of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all unrighteousness, Will you not cease perverting the the, the, the straight ways of the Lord? Will you not stop this nonsense? And now, indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately, a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him, by the hand, look at what happened. Then the proconsul believed, then when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teachings of the law. There are enemies like that, that they don't want to repent, they don't want to go to heaven, they don't want other people to go to heaven, they, they are resistant to the gospel and they want to pervert the ways of God consistently. That's why I said, will you not stop which means he has been doing it for a while. Now, it's the day of judgment and he became blind immediately. And that led to somebody gaining salvation, somebody receiving faith. There are times like that when some people have to be to be punished for others to learn the fear of God and to believe in him. Bow down your heads as we pray together. Hallelujah. I want us to talk to God. All I want us, all God wants us to do this morning is to pray for maturity. We want to mature to the point where God can trust us as saints. Said this honor has all the same. Where God can trust us to exercise judgment and decree punishment upon rebellion and wickedness. That will not allow lands, homes, places to have peace. Even your own life to have peace. God said, even Satan will be crushed under your feet shortly. Let's pray and say, Lord, give me the necessary maturity. Let me have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. We need the mind of Christ to operate in this, in this role. It's one of the key roles that we are asked to execute on our head, but we are not doing it well. We don't even know how to do it. We don't understand it. We read Bibles to support what we are doing, but we don't understand how it works. Pray and say, Lord, help me
2: to mature. In my spirit, let me mature.
0: I've told you of instances where people have done something against me. And I I said, no word, not a word. And I saw what God
2: did. Not one word. That's teaching me not to be rash.
0: Pray. That God will help us to mature, to grow, so that we can be responsible people who will promote peace, who will promote righteousness and justice, who 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 will protect life with our prayers, with our intercession, with our giving. And then when it becomes necessary, we deal
2: with rebellion as well.